please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Jim. Good evening, Dan. I actually streamed to my Twitch channel just a second ago. I clicked yeah. start streaming and then I went, oh shit. Whoops. And Whoopsie. I don't have I don't have our stuff in there right now because it's all set up for the you have to swap back and forth. It's a whole fucking thing. So yep. yeah, there's probably gonna be some people like, what the fuck is this? Um what is so, that? Yeah. Why anyway. was he showing me that? Uh I have spent the last three days sucked into a void that is Elden Ring, the video game. Well, and yeah. um, I have spent... I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. It's a great game. I mean, I like the Souls games anyway. I've been playing them on stream. But, right, right. Um, but, but that said, I, I haven't been playing them, you know, I, I don't... Let, let's be real. There hasn't been an episode come out for the for the podcast in a couple in a couple weeks. And it's like I took three days for myself because I haven't had any vacation time all year. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And then today, this afternoon, I was like, now we're working on band stuff and podcast stuff. So I worked yeah. on the press kit. I have I have so many fucking irons in the fire right now, man. You won't even believe it. I have this post rock project I'm working on with our with our producer engineer right right i have um which he sent me tracks and he says just play something and i'm like you want me to just play something you know like you're not going to give me a lead sheet or anything like um he just wants me to kind of just put some ideas down scribble down some ideas and assemble it out of ideas i guess but uh it's his personal project he's asking me to play on so i'm like okay yeah we can do this um on top of that, I've got four or five new tunes in the works for, for Destiny Unraveled. I have, and then I had that gig with Old Stumpy, and then like, today, it was press kit, press kit, press kit. I have the yep. footage I got from the, the live stream we did back in December, and I chopped that all up, and I made it like a, a band cut of it. And then I went through and, and redid the audio. And like, this is all stuff that's just been going on for the last couple of days. But today I was like, I need to get some actual work done. So I spent most of the, I, mean, I was so engrossed. I meant to message you about the podcast, but I was so engrossed in what I was doing that I just completely forgot. I'm glad you reached out because I would have just been yeah, like, I, I would have like looked up and it would have been 10 PM and I would have been like, oh shit. Um, so it wouldn't have been too late. I got tomorrow off. This but, is the post um, post Christmas. What's new. So I yep. have a very simple one and a very easy one. I got an actual metronome. Yay. Okay, so this is, one from, one. this is one from Amazon, right? Well, no, yep. no. So, so I'll explain why I would act, I actually prefer this style of metronome. But um, I, I like those too. But, yeah. So this came from Amazon. It was like I had to be like forty bucks. I think I put it in the car. I put it in the the wish list or whatever. But it's right, so funny. Right. It's from a brand called Uetetto. You, 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 okay. you, whatever. I don't know, uh -huh. but it looks like wood, right? 
That's fucking yeah. plastic. Of course it is. It's plastic as shit. But it's so funny because it's quiet. Well, it's not fully wound, so it's Oh, there we go. But it's it sounds like plastic. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't I would want the um the old ones that have kind of a more of a you know what I mean? It's a, do you want a the wood, click it's like a wood block. Yes. That's it. That's what I was thinking of. A wood block. Where it's clack, clack, clack against a piece of wood. Yeah. Like this is still better. This is still better than an electronic beep. So I'll share why, yeah, why I this hate is beeps. on my list. I... So the electronic little clicks and the sampler clicks and all that stuff you can get that are like a wood block. Yep. They don't cut. They don't it. sound like a wood block. They don't cut they it. They don't sound like a wood block. Well, so here's the issue, right? With any of those metronomes, I've got a little Korg one here on my desk somewhere. I don't know where it's at. But um, when you use like one of those style metronomes, they yep. don't uh, it's very hard for you to cover up the metronome when you're playing in time because that that beep is like a sine wave. So it just it just goes right through everything. Um, and that's done because they use these tiny little speakers in those things. Right. And they want to make it cut through, you know, because uh, it's got to because it's got to seem louder than it is. Um, right. And so I've used those for years, but uh, I started using sample metronomes in the last couple of years. And I noticed there, they, that I preferred those. And I got to play around with a real metronome a while back. And I realized that I need to pony up and get a, an actual, yeah. like something physical going on. And, and yeah. I know people are like, that's so crazy. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But... When you've played around with them long enough, you'll start to realize that the, the analog metronomes are kind of, even though it's not perfect in terms of time alignment, because your springs and stuff going in and out, um, it's more, I guess it's just, it's it's a different style of training that your ear's locking it into. Uh, it's not as hard on your ear, which is great. But the other thing is I can play that with my amp. Like yeah. some of these metronomes, they're so damn quiet. It's like, how are you supposed to even hear it when you're playing? Um, this is loud enough when it's wound up oh, that. Yeah, but the the new type, and, I, and I'll say this is me. The new type, when you when you turn it up loud enough to hear it over the amp, you have to put it through the speakers or whatever. Yeah. It becomes a, an annoying click versus a, yeah. a, a timing click. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. Um, but well, that's that's what it feels like to me. I, I, I just have had better results with like a woodblock type sound, even if it, yep. it's like the hierarchy is cheapo BP metronome, sample based yep. metronome, real yep. metronome. OK, that's the hierarchy of needs here. Like if yep. you got if you get to choose, you want the real one. <laughs> OK, right. and um, I'm, a, I'm a real metronome guy myself and I like the woodblock sound. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not bad. I just thought it was kind of funny. I didn't actually get yeah. a whole lot of Christmas uh, guitar stuff for Christmas this year. And that's because my wife and I sort of had an agreement that uh, I just buy this shit throughout the year anyway. Don't bother. Um, we're taking the kids to Disney in February. So oh, okay. it's kind of like, oh, nice. It's kind of like uh, I don't want to spend any money that I don't have to right now. <laughs> So that was the uh, that was the kids' Christmas gift was yeah. we're going to Disney. Okay. Um, actually, going we're going to Disney. Disney and we're going to Universal. 
So we're going to Cal- with the one in California, Disneyland. Disneyland. I've been there since I was four years old, five years old. So it's been a long time. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, you're going fun. to Disneyland, oh. Yeah, because we wanted to go to California. That was kind of yeah. kind of thought process because uh, there are other things to do there. And yeah. we knew that the park was going to be kind of yeah. uh, there's some things that are under repair right now in Orlando because of the uh, because of the hurricane that came through. And it's not clear when they'll be open. So if we're going yeah. to February, that's kind of an issue. Yeah, that, that, that's a good idea. That's a good plan. I, I I've been to both. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I like Florida better. Uh, but that's because and even back then, there was just Epcot and Disney. That was it. Um, and we're talking early 80s. Yeah, but it was so new. It was relatively new. Yeah. Whereas Disneyland's like really a historic. New. Disneyland is like a historic monument. I mean, it's. And I went to Disneyland only maybe, I don't know, my first time there was 83. Yeah, it's all new since then because they, they yeah. basically rebuilt the whole damn park pretty much. Yeah. Back when I went, there was a place called Knoxbury Farm right next door, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is if you ever see the movie Vacation. Yeah, that's I, the park. That's the Wally world that they're going to is Knoxbury Farm. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget watching them running. If you watch that scene, that was shot twice, by the way. Anybody who hasn't seen um, Vacation, the original Vacation, um, that scene with uh, um, who's the who's the guy that runs with Chevy Chase, the kid um, who's now obviously a very full grown adult. Um, you talk about Rusty. I don't, yeah, know, I don't know who what played was, him in the first the, one. The kid that played him, I, I, he was in The Breakfast Club, too. He was one. He was the yeah. nerd in The Breakfast Club. Anyway, he what, what happened was the end of Vacation was shot. In the end of Vacation, Chevy Chase goes nuts and kills, kills his family, kills everybody. In the original. Goes, yeah, the original yeah. ending. In the original ending, he shoots everybody, kills everybody. They thought that was a little too dark. I don't know why they think that. <laughs> I know it's a guitar podcast. Like, Shut up. Just <laughs> No, this is important. So they reshot it. But, um, uh, oh, God, it just, it, it comes to, he has an A. His name is an A. IMDB, that kid. Um, anyway, he was almost a year older when they shot it. And he was at that point when you grow like inches in that year and he had braces that he lost and he had his whole physique changes and he's running next to Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase, who was this much taller, is now only this much taller. <laughs> so I actually, I actually just Googled Anthony, this. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, I just Googled this. Yep. So. The rumor was that he killed everybody in, in the right. original ending. That's not the original okay. ending. The okay, original the ending right? was they sto- they stormed Roy Wally's house. So the guy that Wally oh, was, yeah. right? And then take they him hostage and force him to yeah. entertain with song and dance, which is oddly reminiscent of Christmas Vacation's ending yes. where they take his boss hostage. Take boss hostage. So and then force I think that's kind of them. interesting. Um. Yep. But they they actually did make them go back and refilm it because they said that it was not. It was too it, dark. It, the, having a kidnapping was a little bit unsympathetic. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I, I knew it was something weird. And I did remember that uh, once you said that, that that was a rumor. 
that yeah. really shot him. Um, and then of course they had uh, what's his face played the uh, um, the guard, uh, the security guard, and he was having a blast. Texas, yeah, uh, John, Can- John Candy, John Candy, fucking hilarious. I, you know, if they didn't have that ending though, uh, the, it, it wouldn't have been the same. It, it just was so much funnier to take John Candy by gunpoint and then <laughs> stuff, and then finally he's like. Woo! <laughs> and it kind of did they use that in south park later but anyway my my point is um what was i getting to i don't know it, it doesn't matter it, it's just hilarious that's all i care about um we were talking about something that went down that road <laughs> well we were talking about what's new oh, disney knocks very far yeah, yeah. disney so knocks very, it was far, very far and there was a little now some people will tell me jim it was it was like across the the highway or something. It was a place where you could drive mini cars, um, uh, and uh, that's probably gone, long gone. And we went to Anaheim Stadium, and I watched the Angels play. And yeah. it, it's such a it, that area of Anaheim um, is so chock full of stuff to do. Yeah, that's kind of way we went. We that's kind of why we wanted to go there rather than Florida because because I've been to Florida many a time and it's the same thing. It's all Disney. Yeah, and they still had the world's largest um, wooden roller coaster. That's long gone. That's been torn down years ago for safety reasons. But and it went forwards and backwards. Um, And no, I did not ride it because I'm a pussy. So there you go. (laughs) I was not a roller coaster person. My fight, my wife kind of had to John Candy me onto that roller coaster. She was like, "You're going on that roller coaster." When we, I finally went onto a roller coaster when it was in my my twenties. I'm not a big fan of them either. They just beat the yeah. shit out of you. Like when she, you're a kid, you're like, "This sounds like a good idea," but when you're an adult and you get off and you're just bruised as fuck, you're like, "Oh yeah, what the hell was I thinking?" I used to call amusement parks not amusement parks. Yeah, it's a place just to get beat up. I mean, it's yeah. like I could I, get in the ring or I could go to an amusement park, <laughs> but. I don't know if people remember the day, and I don't know if it still happens, but it used to be a pr- great place to find um, acts that were kind of up and coming. Yeah. And so you could see musical acts and stuff that were either on their way up or kind of on their way out. And um, I I enjoyed going to see those musical acts. So that's kind of why I went to music parks. I'm taking the um, kids. That's that. That's just it, right? Okay. Well, so I'm glad. I'm glad. Um. So you got any what's news from from Christmas season or? I, uh, it's in the other room, but I did get a bottle of Jack Daniels um, single barrel select for my birthday or for Christmas. That was oh delicious. nice, nice. <laughs> uh, that sounds like the shit you get from work. <laughs> I literally got two Christmas gifts. Uh, it was that um, which my daughter gave me, and um, my I bought myself um, uh, a glass from a place that we go to for for lunch regularly and it's pop's diner which is down in Greenbrier area and we go there all the time and when i when i go to pop's they so i got these three ten dollar things in it i only had to pay 25 dollars, so i saved myself five dollars because we go there all the time so i bought the glass and i saved five dollars so i got a free glass and five dollars um so that's why i bought it and i put it under the tree for myself there were two items under the tree and those were two items um, I bought <laughs> my I bought my daughter a freaking military jacket that was several hundred dollars because it was military jacket. Military. Yeah, and I bought bought my southern son in law 
either a Columbia or a North Face. Yeah, uh, one of the fancy ones. That he really right. liked, one of the, one of the nice ones, because I had a coupon, <clears throat> which still cost a lot of money, but at least I had a coupon. Um, so you felt like you're saving money, because it was a lot of money, because the thing was a lot of money. Um, <laughs> then uh, I went to Guitar Center, bought myself several packs of these, because they were on sale. Um, so that, my stack is over that, there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got the only reason they're right here is because I literally got them today and went to the went to guitar. Center. So, so let me ask, I, let me ask you this across because yeah. you have multiple scale length guitars now. Are you are you running the same strings on all your guitars or you've got like nines for some and tens for others? OK. Yeah, I run nines on the longer scale guitars and tens on the shorter scale guitars. And I'm going to be tuning down, so I had to buy um, uh, more strings because we're tuning down a half step. And if we go a full step, um, I'll be okay with it because we're already half step, so I'll go a full step. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my my what's new is really nothing's new. Oh, wait, I did buy myself something. <laughs> he's always just bought himself something I, I i i forgot about this what happened was i went to a friend's house for uh post christmas karaoke and right he didn't he couldn't find a tuner it's a tuna it's not, it's a, not tu a tuna it's not a tuner so i went out you got the paul reed smith tuner and i bought a prs the re the rechargeable pr you can see the plastic is still on the thing i bought a prs tuner oh no the plastic is not on there that's just the way it was shining um i bought a prs recycle um redo tuner and then gave him one of my snarks uh because he because snarks are awful because snarks well no because snarks don't use rechargeable they're well the new ones are you know what's funny that's no. one reason for them to be considered awful yes they do not have a yeah. rechargeable battery that's correct that's that is absolutely correct. another is accuracy there's that <laughs> so I have two two um, tuners that are rechargeable, a Fender and the Paul Reed Smith. And what's funny is I get those. This is one of my snarks. And I don't have to replace the battery, which is bad for the environment. There go. Snarks are more expensive than a rechargeable PRS tuner. Snarks have gone up to like either the same price, $30 yeah. or more. $40. This and, is rechargeable. And they don't track, the snarks don't track any better. No. So get a rechargeable one. Look at how, look at the difference in, in display I mean, is, physical difference in display. Well, and one is also I mean, super bright. The, the Paul Reed Smith tuner is ridiculous. Um, it's, it's very bright. It is one of the fastest tracking tuners you can buy. Yep. Um, so I had no problem spending my money. It's no, it's no frills for sure. I mean, it's a tuner, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm rocking the. I get the Peterson Strobo clip, and I've, I've also got, got yeah. Yep. Eh, it doesn't track. Mine doesn't track as well. No, I heard I, other people say mine tracks great. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, your mileage may vary. Yeah, um, I have to tweak. Ding ding ding! Wait for it to come in the. But I have. I mean, obviously, on stage, I'm using a. Yeah, I have that as well. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I wanted to order the they so they came out with the um the limited edition like um who cares? Uh well I was gonna get another one. 
and they were coming out with a limited edition for my desk for for doing guitar work and um but they were coming out with a limited limited edition uh uh birthday version or anniversary version so i thought oh that'd be cool i'll get one <laughs> yeah oh no i'm not pay- spending more just because it's a different color scheme yeah it's not happening it's a tuner i step on it I am not buying. One I don't that understand that <laughs> level of horseshit today, where companies want to we're come gonna, out with a special limited edition later. version, or whatever. We're gonna, yes, yeah. we definitely are. <laughs> we definitely are tonight. Uh, yep. This title of the episode is uh, "Things Are Not as They Appear." Uh, right. None of the topics accurately describe what we'll be talking about. Let's just That's be, right. <laughs> let's just be very, very clear and upfront that the. Uh, the titles du jour that you see to the left are not what we will be discussing in right. in relative terms. They're, right. They're they're very vague. Yeah. So are we ready to go on to the first topic? I, I am. am ready. All right. So let's talk about the best gear of 2022. Right. Fuck I am off. ready. Are you, who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, seriously, who gives a shit? I, I mean... Everybody, every time you say, well, there's no innovation in guitars, somebody's going to come out and go, but this one came out with a headless guitar, or but this Who one came cares? out with a and I'm, and I'm like, first of all, headless guitars have been being done for decades, folks, unless you've never heard of Steinberger. Um, and, you know, all these tuning systems have been being done for years. All this, all this stuff built in, um, uh, 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 effects those were done decade decade decades jim. ago back in the 60s jim <laughs> why does anybody care about what comes out in a particular year because the vast majority of guitar players are searching for vintage shit yeah and that's the other thing or special <laughs> editions yeah that's what we talk about oh my god uh. paul reed smith is le- releasing the silver sky in asshole brown so we've got to go get it <laughs> did, did, did mayor pick that one out himself i don't know i mean it's a possibility um and it comes with a scratch and sniff pad i mean it's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave the uh what it looks like to your imagination <laughs> I, I mean it's like it's like um you know i i, I get to, to this point and i i think to myself she's how many special editions can we fall for that that are the the same shit in a different package? I mean, as it is, I, I know somebody's going to first say, "Well, Jim, you do have two Klein clones. I also have two pedal boards, people, and sometimes I don't even bring a pedal board. Matter of fact, one of my Klein clones is, believe it or not, in a lunchbox because what it's for because it was the Centavo. It's just to bring to like an open mic. I plug it in between my guitar and my amp so that because it's not my amp, somebody else's amp, and I can get a decent tie. Say, give me a clean tone. I'll take it from there. And so I have my own overdriven tone. And I can I can ride my volume on my guitar and I can I can go from there. So I I don't I don't want to take my tumless and go off the board and go through all that stuff. So, yes, I do have more than one. And I, yes, I do have more than one Keeley compressor. But one sits at the end of one board, one sits at the end of the other board, and they do the exact same job. So, 
what what blows my mind is that um that it's not just once in a while. I mean, everybody's got something to collect. Everybody's got something to put away, right? Look at all these Funko Pops up there. I, I do I really need Slash standing above one of the last Pauls? No. But the but the um uh the thing that I'm getting at here is this. It's like is is there a is there a um point where people will finally start saying and I and I think it's happening where people are going to start saying you know what I'm not buying into this bullshit anymore. and and today was the first time and I and I um I'm going to take and go outside of this for a second and come back kind of like I did with the uh uh the movie here just a second ago so um the company that does uh, Wizards of Things or something like that that does uh, Magic the Gathering cards. Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast, thank you. So Wizards of the Coast was putting, churning out all these cards. They were like, look at this. Look at shiny new. It's so different. And then people were like, that's... And then, so they finally went, these cards are not for you. They literally put it on there. And how many times have you heard a YouTube channel or uh, some company go, you don't like it? It's not for you. Don't you know? And here's what's funny: the the people who buy them were like, "Well, fuck you, we don't want them anymore." Then, <laughs> and so they stopped buying them for a while. So then they decided, well, to make up their money, they said, "Let's put together a collector's edition of the original sets and sell them, and people will buy them." Yeah, guess where they priced quite them? a while ago. Yeah, they yeah. were expensive. They were a thousand dollars for like well, a set. <clears throat> so if you guys if you guys think collecting guitars is insane, if you oh, play yeah. Magic the Gathering and you have a uh, first edition Black Lotus card, it's worth several hundred thousand dollars. Um, and yes. there are people that own multiple of them. Um, and it's one of the, that's what part of the reason why that set got reissued was because. You can't even use those cards because right. they just don't exist. Yep. Um, so the Black Lotus original edition uh, they mentioned that one that's where they were kind of yeah that's the most famous magic card thousand dollars yeah i think it's one of the highest because it was the only one that was a 10 out of a 10 out of the gaming card rating system um which like how well it's centered and all this other stuff i'm like that's what that was me watching and i went i was just like you've got to be shitting me that but that exists. I mean, I've, I've been in the collector's world. I, I know. Well, but I thought to myself, wow, that is just crazy. But I also think that any collector's world at, at a certain point goes crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're sitting in the middle of it right now. Where we people are. are. Where people are buying mass-produced guitars for 20, 20 plus thousand dollars. This is, yeah, uh, $50,000 uh, Gibson. Uh, <laughs> Hammett, Greenleaf, more. Um, so here's a and and those are on the aftermarket already at $80,000. Are you fucking kidding me? You are I wouldn't give you $10,000 for that guitar. Well, you're Once not buying it for, You're not buying it for Hammett's I, name. <laughs> yeah, you're But you're not buying it for their name. They were touched. They weren't even alive when it was created. Was, um, I was watching um, somebody the other day. Oh, I think it was Slash. I think Slash did uh he did Gibson TV back in the summer. Yep. And it was funny because they were, it goes along with your conversation here. They asked him, because he's got a lot of reproductions of actual guitars he owns. And they asked him about the Joe Perry reproduction because he's got Joe yep. Perry's 59, right? 
that's right. Well, in he the, did. He still has it. I'm pretty sure he does. I thought um, that was the one he gave back to him. I could be wrong. No, I don't think he, he gave it back. I think he still got it. But uh, he doesn't play it out anymore, obviously. Duh. And he's got a reproduction. And he let it slip in the conversation that the reproduction is not identical to the original. It does not sound the same as the original. And I think that's very, very telling for all these people buying these guitars thinking, this is the closest I can get to getting the real deal. Hey, guess what? You're still not there. <laughs> I, it's, it's like getting a copy of the Black Lotus. <sighs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it's as close as you're going to get, you know. I, 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 think the, I, would, I think that's an even sillier argument because I think there's yeah. something materially different about the function. Whereas right. with the Black Lotus, it would be something that's materially different about the aesthetics. The aesthetic, right. Um, exactly. But so, what I get, okay, so the Greeny Moore, right? The Greeny Moore, the, the, the reproductions. They're in a single person, with the exception of possibly Kirk Hammett, maybe David Gilmore, a couple you know, people like that, who can say, yeah, I played the Greeny Moore, and these are just as good. I, I, and, I and does it matter to us? Because that, because right. that's at the end of the day, you're not going to use that to track your, you know, your EP in your basement. Like, no, it, it's going to hang in glass in a in a collector's room. If anyway. it doesn't sit in a case, in a in a in a vault. Yeah. So back to the gear of 2022, because because yeah. that's really right. what this is about. So right. Everybody in the media does, and I'm not just talking about YouTubers. I want to make it real clear. We all know the right. YouTubers do it. That's and right. It's obvious they're the easy target, but yep. the magazines do it too, right? Where they go, this is the best gear of 2022. In other words, stuff that came out in 2022. Cars. Yeah, but, but I want to talk about I want to talk about guitars because I want. Yeah. I, I remember this when I was a kid, getting Guitar oh, World. Yeah. You know, guitar sit, world. sitting in study hall reading Guitar World. And flipping through the magazine and seeing the best of and going, okay. And 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 having sort of the same attitude I have right now about it, which is that, well, we're not buying this stuff because it's new and innovative. That's never been a thing in guitar. I mean, not since 1950-something when the Telecaster came out, where people buying right. things because they're new and innovative. I mean, the innovations that have come to guitar had to be championed by someone very famous um, in order to get any real traction. And then even then, they still sort of remain fringe items. I mean, most people today are not buying Floyd Rose equipped guitars. Right. Um, they're not buying seven strings, which is why that makes up about a... And believe me, I know, because I have my seven string thing. Uh, that makes up like less than like 5% of the guitars produced. Um, less than that. It's got to be lower yeah. than that. 5% of the models. <laughs> okay. It's like, um, and then even fewer production numbers. And it's it, when you start to realize that the best new thing, like, is like a clon clone, and you go, what? This already exists. Why is this the best new? Because, because this is Robert Keeley's version. Or, you know, I'm using, I'm picking on him, but. This is Robert Keeley's version of the Klein clone. And you're going, um, guys, uh, this isn't, I mean, 
So so like there are some exciting things that came out this year. Uh the that Halo uh, delay comes to mind, which I know some of you got one for Christmas. Uh good on you. Um and that I mean that's not an innovative design, but I could see that being something that people would actually desire. But do we care? Cuz is it cuz here I'm going to lay it on you. Right. Jim. I'm going to lay it on you. Can you tell me the best new gear item of 2021? 2020, 2019, no. 2018, no. 2017. No. no, no. So what the fuck? Why does this matter? Who cares? That's, that's exactly right. It is, regardless of, of the uh, format of the quote-unquote news, the, the fact is it's just a way to get more um, ways to... Hey, let's talk about this. Let's get this out there because I've got to, I've got to fill, fill the algorithm, whatever that algorithm is, whether it's, believe it or not, it was newsstands and selling copies at newsstands or it's YouTube putting your, putting your, um, uh, channel in front of people, um, or your video, your individual videos in front of people. I'm looking at these things. I'm like, I don't click on them, but I, I look and I go, that thing had 3.4 thousand views yeah. in an hour? Yeah. Who was clicking that? Who who didn't know that a guitar came out this year or that a pedal did? If you really were interested in the gear, you would have known it when it came out, not when it when, when somebody said it was the best of that year. Who gives a shit what they think is the best thing that came it's, out? That it's year? just a it's just a ridiculous marketing tactic, is what it is. I mean, I mean, either the, the, the media company is using it to market themselves because it's like, yeah. well, here I know I'm an authority on this, right. um, which no, you're not. I mean, mo, mo, there are some people and, and I won't go into specifics, but there are some people that I trust their opinions on certain things, like because right. they know that stuff really well. And then yeah. there are other people that have just got a camera and they're uploading shit on YouTube or they got a blog site or something or, you know, it's the same thing we says like on the gear page. Or Facebook groups where you go in and somebody says, "I sold my, I sold my Bogner Ecstasy to buy a Katana 100, and it's everything right, I'd right. ever dreamed of." Like yeah. you're an idiot. I, uh, if you I, think I'm going to believe you, you have zero credibility. <laughs> right. I've been seeing more and more, and not that I think that that people are lying, but by, by any stretch of imagination, but I've been seeing more and more where like channels are, you know, this is the Fender Stratocaster killer. And this is the, you know, the Les Paul killer. And this is the SG killer. And this is the Telecaster killer. That's another the, um, marketing tactic. And it's like. That's been around yeah. for a long time, too. Yeah. And, and don't, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, a, it, again, cars, whatever. You, you could say this is the Mustang killer. This is the Camaro killer. I mean, the Camaro was supposed to be the Mustang killer. And the Mustang was supposed to be Camaro killer. I mean, it, the, the point is that it's like, can. Can some of these folks come up with some like new ideas to 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 give? I mean, it's like I I, I think to myself, give me something new. Give me something I haven't seen forty five thousand. We did we did this very same thing. I said this very th same thing two years ago or so, where I said I am not going to get excited about another effing reverb, another. Fucking um, uh, uh, echo or a uh, delay panel. I'm not getting excited about another. I mean, it's just like, oh, here it comes. 
This is the best Klon clone ever. It's better than the last Klon clone that came out that was better than that one. And every year, Fender's like, we've got we've got pickups that are better than the last year. And you know, and then and um, Gibson's well, doing I the mean, same thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. Don't well, things wrong. things can it's be closer to the fifty-eight than we've ever been in our entire lives. Things can be noticeably better. So, like the PRS TCI pickups, and I we've been right, going right. back and forth on that. I, I I do think those are noticeably better. But does that mean that like you should prefer to get that over whatever other? I that's like I don't know. Should you? That's a personal right, decision. This. The TCI pickup. That that's a great mention. The TCI pickup is probably the most innovative thing in pickups I've seen in a long time. I mean, probably it, probably yeah. since EMG and well, the, the Fishman and Fishman. Um, but Fishman is not that new. I'm just saying. No, TCI Fishman's, is Fishman's seven or eight years old now. Yeah, yeah. TCI is maybe two or three years old. Yeah, but the, but the point is that um, the TCI is at least innovative. You can you can split that coil and not lose volume and not lose. Well, know, that's the, not the that's not the TCI that causes that. There's a resistor that that's actually inside the control layout that actually allows right. that to happen. Uh, they it, actually yeah. are automatically curbing some of the volume loss um, on the humbucker side of it. If I understand how exactly correct, how it functions. so that it so that it stays right. Which makes sense. It's actually a really logical way to to approach a problem. But um, the the TCI thing is the 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 tuning process. Tuning right where they're they're looking for a resonant note inside the pickup itself by selecting the correct materials and stuff and and winding it a certain way and being able to to reproduce that process and then to be able to use the the uh, like a higher it's basically a higher tolerance magnet and that kind of stuff. So that's what that's what gets me. Is what TCI really is is just them like being very very anal about quality control. That's right. basically what it is. Um, whereas no one else can do that because PRS is going to charge you five hundred dollars for those pickups. Yeah, and I mean that's basically uh, that's basically how Paul has done everything. Which is there's no magic to anything that Paul's done on his guitars. He just does no. better quality control than everybody else. Right. Um, right. So. And 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 can I talk to one more um, innovation before we go that that unfortunately didn't last? That was Parker guitars. Yeah, Parker guitars were one of the most innovative. They were they were on those best of lists back in the mid nineties. The things that people complained about the most: weight, sound, you know, playability. I mean, all of it was there. Parker, they, they weren't perfect, except for reliability. Were. <laughs> yeah, incredibly good guitars. Unfortunately, now if you buy one, you have no parts. <laughs> no, yeah, um, you are fucked if that thing goes bad. But the point is that I'm, I'm making. I know a few Parker players locally. Um, the Parkers that I've seen and touched and played are incredible, and they weigh nothing. The good, the good ones, not the not the, the import, the later imports. I'm not talking about that, the yeah. imports, right? That. That was when they were trying to save money and, and, and Washburn the them. <laughs> yeah, but the, again, it, it's perfect. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier: is that guitar players don't want anything innovative, they don't want anything new, with the same old shit packaged in an old color, and that's why the shit brown PRS uh, um, Silver Sky is going to be a top seller this year. 
I just don't think so. So here's my here's my logical argument about all this is that I just don't think that this industry really lends itself to a year by year refresh cycle that no. actually means anything. Maybe so like yeah, maybe five or ten years. So like you don't see this going on in the PC world because that stuff changes every six months. So you know, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna argue that a 2070 RTX, which is what I have in my my machine here, um, right. is better than a 3070 or a 4070. Okay, right. You'd have to be high because it just doesn't make sense. But in the guitar world, this Les Paul versus this Les Paul, it's a totally subjective conversation. That's because, exactly right. And it doesn't matter. It could even be the same generation. And I had this conversation with with somebody I know just recently who actually works in the industry. Um, and we were talking about the fact that like, here, two less, you know, let's take two off the shelf guitars, whatever they want to be. You want them PRS, right. Les Paul, Strats, whatever. And how appreciably different they are. And not just like they used they used a different piece of wood, obviously, right? But like the the workmanship even, the 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 neck and how flat it is, right? Like how much they plane that neck and how how good the work is and how accurate the work is is a major determining factor between two guitars. But it doesn't matter whether it's 2021 or 2022. You get a good one or you don't. Okay. And as far as yep. electronics go. This is the silliest argument to me because here we are guitarists know that everybody buys a guitar and the first fucking thing they do before they even play it is pull the pickups out. <laughs> so it's like, what difference does it make? I mean, this is literally the stupidest way for, for the, the industry to latch on to marketing to people. Look at our new one. Look at our new one. It's exactly like the old one with a new housing. Like, who cares? Really? Who cares? That's yeah. when you proposed this topic, I actually didn't want to talk about it. Cause I was like, who cares? Like, right. honestly, I, I just, I'm, I'm just yeah. at a point in my, in my, maybe I'm getting to be an old man telling people to get off my lawn or something, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like I've never felt this way about new gear. That's like, Oh, well, this is the new latest and greatest. Now here's the, here's the bombshell I'm going to drop on you, Jim. That's only true until you're talking about digital. Yeah. And and you can talk about so so I'm sure some would make the argument that you could do that in a yearly refresh cycle. But even digital gear isn't really yearly. Okay. Um but I you know, if they wanted to do like an innovation section or like what's hot, that makes sense. But to right. be like best of 2022, yeah, quad cortex wins because it's the only new amp modeler this year. Right. Do you know what I right. mean? Like, and I know that was a 2021 a, product, we, but I was talking to somebody today. They yeah. said, this is the hottest day of the year. It's also the coldest day of the year. And it's also the yeah. best day of the year or the worst day of the year because it's the first day of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a non-starter. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think it's the silliest marketing scheme ever um, yeah. for, for, for magazines and media companies and gear companies to do that where it's like this is the best gear of 2022 yeah and i will say <sighs> that um so and i and i've got mine right here that that they did say oh there it is it was in the it was in the shot anyway um that the prs silver sky was the top selling 
that's a whole other conversation about but top selling stuff, top selling, which we could potentially Again, gets, do in a later episode. That's a popularity. Well, that's not not. I mean, so top selling could be a number. Could be a number of different things drawing that. Number one is price, right? Yep. Um, which is why the Silver Sky SE is doing so damn well. Um, right. But I believe both it and the full the full uh, price one rounded out the top ten of the reverb sales. It's funny because uh, you can bet your butt, and we talked about it when I first got this. When those came out, the other ones were selling hot too, because people were like, "Oh, I like this one. I'll probably love the other one." You know, I like this um, entry level Mercedes. I'd love the SE model or the yeah, S model. Yeah, but I think that so from from what I've heard, um, it sounds like the Silver Sky SE. Is not only the best-selling model since its release, and I think it came out in February, right? It's the best-selling. Uh, yep. It's the best-selling PRS ever. Period. Yeah. Ever. I believe it. Out I of believe all it. of the models, and that's per price, per you know, because they because they have statistics that compare. It's like if yeah. you're in a, if you're if you're Paul and you're sitting in a board meeting with the rest of the people, right? Your your yeah. financial people are going to be giving you sales figures that are like, okay, uh. You you make this. This is how profitable the core line is, and this is how yep. profitable the SC line is. And when I'm talking about the line, I mean all the guitars they sold that year. Who's making? You know, which line is making more money? You'd think the cores probably have more wiggle room built into them because they're a higher priced guitar, and they do, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But from what I heard, the SE actually made more money. Then all yeah. of the the core model stuff combined. And I can it, believe that. It, someone told me that mind. Someone told me that it it was like, how do we how do we repeat this? Because yeah, you know, it it, Paul, it was a, it was a eye opener. Yeah, Paul did a fireside chat with um, his uh, two top do dogs, the president and. Uh, uh, the current CFCOO, um, Jack Hickenbotham or Hickenbotham or something. H like Hickenbotham, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they they were talking, and they and Paul even said he said I, I was still floored by the fact that every that was the first time they I don't remember how many units he he says it in there, and it was a astronomical number. Sold the first day. They were gone day yeah, one. They day sold, one. They sold that entire oh. first shipment of guitars out before they hit yep. shelves. Yep. And that's yep. an import line. So stop yeah. and think about that for a minute. They sold out a line of undesirable guitars immediately. Like when you when you stop and you scratch your head about that a little bit, you realize yep. they didn't buy like, you know. A thousand of them, you know, they bought enough to get them through the year in that first shipment, and they blew them out when they when they launched. Yeah, and and now and, so of course then they gone back and they doubled down and gotten three or four times that. But because uh, you can get them, right. you can walk into you can walk into guitar center right now and find an SC. So, um, yeah, some guitar centers, Sweetwater's completely out, or they were the other well, day. Yeah, but that's for that's because of the Christmas rush, Jim. That's not. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, they were. Uh, I know CME had a bunch of them in. CME had them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the fact is that you know they they um, and I was shocked at the the most popular colors. Um, 
Let's see. They got the blue ones back in stock. Yeah, the most popular colors were the ones that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because the color I have, which is the moon white, I think they're going to do away with that. Um, I think they're doing away with the moon white and the uh, dragon fruit. Yeah, it's funny because um, the dragon fruit actually looks pretty good in person. Yeah. The one I see um, a lot of is the stone blue and the evergreen. Yep. The evergreen is my, yep. my pick. Yeah. Oh, they got some. They got some stone green. The the um, those are the two popular colors: the evergreen and the stone blue, I believe. And so, anyway, yeah, the moon white went on a discount um, in some places, uh, and the dragon fruit went on a discount. I get the feeling those are going to be your two first two replaced colors, which means that they'll go from being unpopular to popular again because all of a sudden people are going to want them in the used market because you can't get them. Well, I mean that's what happens. It'll be interesting to see what John picked as, as for colors because his agreement with with PRS basically says he gets to choose colors. Oh, I'm sure he I'm gets sure. to design that's the right. colors, not just choose them, but design them. Which yeah. is like why we ended up with these weird colors for the yeah. SE line, which um, I thought was a strange uh, set of colors. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that that was everybody's sort of gut reaction. So I bet we get an actual Olympic white now. Yep. probably and i That's i would good. suspect something uh something more red we might even get like a big like like an apple red yeah instead of the dragon fruit color which is fine but i don't yep. know we'll see we'll see what comes out yep. i know uh i know that uh prs has sent out some information about their their new stuff for this year um yep. i know that we're not at liberty to discuss it yet. <laughs> nope. I have, like you, I have uh, some inside information I'm not allowed to share yet. I'm, I don't have, I, mu do I don't have much, I, but I know it's available. <laughs> I do know one that I can share because it's already public information. That's the Paul Reed Smith SE DGT. Yeah, that's we, coming. Um, and duh. I have one on pre-order. I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and and uh, finalize purchase. I at least have it on hold. Um, the they're coming out with a gold one that'll have this is the thing i, I i'm going to say two things because we talk about that, that hype train so prs did three videos that they released in like two weeks stints yeah yeah i watched and, all three yeah i watched them and they were i mean they were informative but i'm gonna i'm gonna say i called bullshit right away on the third one with david grissom with a guitar and i'm gonna tell you why i think that, why i I'm like, oh, no, bullshit, bullshit. Um, what? So he, uh, I'll tell you in a second. So he, they, they released number one. They're like, ooh, look, we're going to, you know, we're working with it. And of course, everybody knew what it was going to be. But the two colors are moon, or I mean, uh, uh, gold, gold top with uh, moons and, uh, and like a trans uh, or three-tone sunburst type thing, a, a burst type thing with, a, um, with the birds. Because you got to have birds for some people. And he had his first one was a gold top with the with the moons. He preferred the moon in those. Um, anyway, so this is this is what I found funny. On the third video, he gets it in and he opens it up and he's like, "Wow, I've got it right next to my my other one." And I can I can barely tell the difference. I'm like, "Dude, you're looking at one that has recessed um, controls. There, there's like <laughs> it's like recess at the top." You you obviously like those recesses because they don't do it for all models. You liked that about that. You had that put in there. That is not in the SE line. <laughs> you're not. 
you're not incapable of feeling that difference right away and seeing that difference like right there. Um, so I thought he was it, referring to the neck shape. Yeah, yeah. The, the neck shape. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to get one in my hands, I hope. And then uh, I'll see if I like it. I don't know if I've ever I don't know if I've ever played the real deal. So, yeah, wouldn't make a difference to me. Yeah, I got to try it out. I liked it. But four thousand dollars to five thousand dollars, a lot of money for one of those. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I I still think the, the uh, best guitar in their lineup is the one I own. So I th- yeah, I think the yeah. CA is the CE, even though it's got a thinner body on it. I think the thinner body, because a lot of people have said, well, that was to save money. I think the thinner body is actually more to be like a traditional, you know, right. Fender style guitar because right. it does have a mahogany body. I think they decided to lighten it by yep. doing that. But anyway, like, yeah. Um, let's go on to the so next let's topic. Move on. Let's go to the next topic. The next topic that that uh, is mysterious to our listeners. <laughs> D- the next topic is called "Don't Show Us Your Collection," and this is prompted. This is prompted by the people that feel it necessary to show off every single item that they own. And Jim and I we're laughing because um, I think I think there's been some people online specifically who are starting out as new in the YouTube guitar community stuff specifically that have prompted this this but i actually want to take it a a step further as we go through the topic but we've seen a a trend of a lot of people being like look at all my stuff and it's people that are like not they're not even really they don't have any viewers or anything but it's like i gotta show off what i have and they can't play i know who we're talking about jim i i know who we're talking about oh i got one yeah i i he he can't really Six rooms full of shit that he can't play well. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and then like the amplifier situation in that one video was like atrocious. It was like you've got all this stuff, but you're playing through crap. Like, and not that you would be able to appreciably tell the difference, because because I'm like, let's be real. When you first start playing guitar, you're not going to know the difference between tonality from somebody that's like been playing for quite for quite a while or like put a lot of time behind the instrument, they're going to be able to make decisions about tone that you're just not even going to be aware of. Um, So like I can remember, all right, let's go back in the way back machine for a second. Um, The zoom five Oh five two, the silver one. I had one. Um, And I remember one day I plugged my, um, I plugged my Ibanez SM seven into that and i put it on some like high gain lead sound right so you said all this fucking distortion and it was yeah. like all this goddamn noise and i i was playing and i had headphones on and i was like i was like fuck yeah this sounds so good and i can remember saying that because i was like i w- i just learned how to play talk about love and i was like oh we'll play that yeah. song and i was like yeah it sounds like van halen now, if yeah. you are familiar with either of those two items, you know that it sounds yeah. nothing. Nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> you haven't even nothing. close. And, and I could also remember doing recordings and being like, wow, this sound is super great. And I've listened to those recordings since and been like, holy shit, what was I smoking? <laughs> like, oh, man, how bad was that? Man, I've had that next day. Um, uh, let me say this. So there was one channel, and I don't want to call out the name of the channel. No, 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 don't, don't. 
I'm not. But I'm going to say this. So that, uh, and I know what one you're thinking of, but it ain't that one. So there was this one <laughs> channel where, where the guy, because I'll, I'll, I'll shout out that channel's name, the six, six rooms were full of stuff that he doesn't, doesn't. No, you should, well. we shouldn't. We should. We should. We should take the high road I'm, on that. <laughs> right. But this guy, it, it's like he's supposedly really good, right? And and I, I'm, I'm like, okay, because he make comes across like, yeah, track. You know, I track guitar for blah blah blah. Okay. And then every single fucking video he did, he did the videos. He goes, this one when I tried this one, and I tried this one. And he was like, here's the X guitars that I thought were good in this category and this category and this category. And 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 it was like, um, so he goes, and here's the guitar. So he did the five guitars, right, in each one. And then he picked one. And it was like, and the next one. Same riff. Yeah. And then the next one. No, it's not just the same riff. It sounded identical. I was like, all right, maybe I did something wrong. I put it in my studio speakers. was like, okay, so you know how to. Um, what did I what did I say? It was like a um, because it was like oh, it was like crickets, like ten thousand crickets going through a distortion thing. I'm like, oh god, what the fuck are you thinking? This that, was this a, that was an Ibanez SM7 with a Zoom 5052. <laughs> and and he's got a wall of really not like Soldano and this all the time. Rev and everything because every YouTuber that's over 10,000 um, subscribers has got a rev. Um, they got three or four. <laughs> yeah, you got gotta have them. They never and, use them, but they have them. <laughs> nope, nope, but they got them. Actually, probably that's what they use the most because um, Rev gives them that and then the interface and their software and everything else, and, and they're good to go. But uh, my point is <clears throat> um, that, that I'm thinking they all sounded identical. I, I'm like, <laughs> That, that and it wasn't like you said, you know, this one I like the neck better. Or I like the no, they they were identical shapes, identical, and I'm like they sound the same. And it was it, it, it harkened me back to that video I made where I'm like, yeah, these are you know seven guitars that nothing alike, but here they are through um, an over distorted sound, and they sound exactly the same. They, they I my guitar sounded different than his. I'm like, how could you get that much distortion in there? And so. I, you know how we always say a bag of bees. Like I said, it was like crickets because it would, it was just this mind-blowingly fast, but not not like like this fast. I'm talking about one chord, and then of course the the obligatory false harmonic. Oh, yeah. Every freaking time they do it, uh, oh, you gotta do some 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 pings. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, oh my god, it's like a traffic accident just happened. I'm like, but but the least, I mean, I get that you like that music and that's fine, but for sake, make them sound different. Give me something I can grasp that makes them sound in the room. They might have sounded completely different, but in the recordings, nothing sounded different. Well, this and is that's what blew my mind. Well, this Go is ahead. what this is why I agreed to talk about this topic tonight. Because and that was a collection. Any of you guys and gals listening, and yeah, just just think about it from this perspective. If you go out and you play out, right, and you go to right. clubs and you do the open mic thing and you network in your scene and you meet people, 
the last thing that happens is you walk into a club, you shake somebody's hand when you're on stage with them and they go, I've got four Les Pauls at home. I've got a brown sunburst. I've got a I've got a uh, lemon burst. I have a, a a red one and I have a blue one like that doesn't happen. OK, and it doesn't happen because musicians aren't collectors. OK, they don't care. They don't care. They, they, they got care. the tool for the job. OK, now I'm into gear. So when I'm at a, a no pajama, I might be looking and be like, is that an Apple phone or Gibson? Like, right. but I'm just looking. But I'm like, not right. I'm it's not just asking. being curious, right? Right. And and I might I might ask, but it's like it would be in the context of, you know, that's the guitar sounded really good, right? Like I want to know right. what you got. Um because I'm always interested in what sounds good. And right. um there's a difference between that and somebody like which what YouTube is or any of these other social media sites, because this doesn't just happen on YouTube, this happens on Facebook, it happens on the gear page and whatever else where people feel that necessary to share what they own. I remember back in the day when you'd go on the gear page or Harmony Central and people's signature blocks would be filled with what they currently owned. And oh I my God, you yes. remember that? I forgot about that. It was like, <laughs> and some people would have a list yeah. like longer than you could read. Yeah. It's like, and they're, 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 um, they would always leave like a comment fuck yeah, or something like that. And it would be like, um, you know, robo player. And then they'd have like, uh, you know, line six this and, and <laughs> you know, line six that and line six this. And then they'd have um, uh, Ibanez, 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 Gibson, 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 F-Phone, 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 PRF, PRS. And I was like, holy shit. Where do you put it all? Yeah. I've got so an 11 by 11. There was a, there was a th this is where it all has to there, fit. Jim, there was a thread on that one time where they asked a guy like, who had like who had like 500 items, like, where do you store it all? And that was the name of the thread. And it was a long time ago. I think it was in Harmony Central. And yeah. um, the guy put the, the, the guys, but there was one guy in particular who had like 75 guitars. He posted a picture of all these cases. And it was in it was in like a room like your size, but it was literally case to case along the wall and like the, oh the thin way just lean straight up and down right. all the way against the wall. I was like, how do you even know what's in them? And, <laughs> and they they do this. They they take the electrical tape or the, the masking tape there and they put the name on the masking tape. That's what that's what a lot of the pros do. Yeah, but then you but away. then you open but then you open the case and you realize. Well, fuck, this isn't the guitar that's supposed to be in there. Oh, <laughs> I got to open all 75 other cases. That was me with, remember when you have CDs and you bring them in a car and, and then you're like, oh, I got to put that one. So you yeah. take one out. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, I don't have the case for that. So you put the wall in like Abba's Greatest Hits or something. Yeah, and then yeah. Next thing you know, you got you got disc one for the wall in Abba's Greatest Hits. You got Abba's Greatest Hits in, in disc one of the wall. What a hell of a combo. And, and yeah, that that was that that's my listening experience. But I I have to laugh. You just reminded me of how funny that is. So I I've been trying to think of a way because see, there's I don't know if it's in the shop, but there's all my hard cases are right there. Okay, like my Gibson actually one is missing because Saul is in the house. But just stack them up. So oh, you've got the Gibson molded hard cases instead of the universal cases, so they don't stack neatly. Because those are such a brilliant idea. They go like this. They go, yeah. So instead of them going like, they go like this. 
Because <laughs> you can't stack them up unless you like flip them over or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's Anyways, why you so- see everybody who has those cases stores them on end, end to yep. end, and they don't have that's two rows unless there's a shelf. I I actually had them like um, round side going against the wall, and then or, or um, in, in other words, kind of like um, you know how they do this, like they get mm-hmm. they get fat on one end and thin on the other. And so I had them like opposing each other. Um, at least that way I could stack two on top of each other. But they had to go this way, which is up and down. And the only the only one that's that's an oddball out is the freaking Rickenbacker case. Which could stack, but I don't have anything to stack it on. Stack on it, I should say, because nothing else is flat like that. So I have all these cases, and I and I said to my son, I said I've got to put a fucking thing out in the in the garage, put these cases in, because it's driving me bananas. I don't have. I, yeah, I don't I'm, want all these. I need my cases to carry them. You know, because the the SG doesn't fit in the Les Paul case, right? And the, the three thirty five doesn't. And so, so just get universal cases, Jim. I have get one, one universal case, and then put the have, others into well, storage. The three three five is only one that I probably can't, but the um, the other ones can fit in universal cases. So what I have is what I want to get down to is I have one Les Paul case and the three three five case, and that'll be it. And the and the PRS goes in a bag, and the um, Telecaster can go in a Les Paul case or it could go in a um freaking whatever case because it fits it fits well enough. Um but the but the point is and, and I usually just bring it in the PRS bag because to be honest with you it's a fucking telecaster. It's a it's a you know a cutting board with a neck. But I, I look at these it, it, you were talking about that. So the one guy that had the six rooms full of stuff he couldn't couldn't play. You know what the one thing he didn't show was his amps and his interface to his thing. That's what we hear, folks. No one is interested in your 75 guitars. Well, there might be three people. No, no, no. There are people, there are people that are definitely interested in guitars. I'm not going to say that. But the majority of what you're going to hear yeah. <laughs> comes from the amp and the pedals. Right. And that's what people want to know. What is what is going in there? Is it your spark? I need is to know so your, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, is it your 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 um you know your your amp into a um uh two notes or a ox? I mean, what is going in there? Uh, you know, into your computer, and that's I think that's more important, at least to most people, at least to me, is what am I actually hearing? And I I think that's why there's a big lie when it comes to amps and and you know who proved it was the big lie i had a lot i had to love it jhs blew it blew it stores up uh that they we went. should have talked about that tonight we're going to talk about that regardless yeah, we'll it's that. not on the it's not on the sheet but we have to talk about that on the show i need to give you some time on this topic i've been running my freaking mouth yeah no i think i think a lot of things you said are, have been have been great i mean the um the inconvenience of it is is interesting i think uh i just i can't get past the fact that like as a player having 10 less pauls doesn't excite anyone i mean it it might like from a gear from a gear perspective <laughs> it might excite someone but like it doesn't make you play any better 
Who cares? Hey, you got five rooms worth of Les Pauls. Then it excites somebody. Uh, and, no. and I have to give him credit because he said, you know what? I think this is the last time I'm going to do it. He said, it took me five hours to set this up to do, you know, this shot. And if it took you five hours to set it up, yeah. there, there's some problems because yeah. it don't take me that long to set something up. But it, it's... I, I'm going to show everybody my collection. Are you ready? There you go. All right. You saw it? Uh, okay, the Rick is in its case. Towel is in its case. There you go. Show's you, over, folks. You, you guys want to see um, at least one of my amps? And, and, uh, Show's over. Practice rig. There you go. Show's over, folks. Um, and you can look at a Kemper online. Mine looks exactly the same. Yeah. All right. I mean, I mean that's it. All I got right. such a simple setup. Let's talk about Josh Scott for a minute before we go on yes. to the next topic. I'm going to actually turn the topic indicator off. We're off the books, folks. That's um, it. We're going rogue. So Josh dropped that bombshell that he's been love, using the I Kemper for the last year instead of the loud is more good. And I'm not shocked. I mean, I honestly kind of laughed. I got a chuckle out of it because I was like, oh, people are going to be pissed about this. Um, and they have been, which is what's really funny. So the majority of the people in the video weren't like negative commenters. But if you troll right. the internet deep enough, you will come across hives of scum and villainy. <laughs> the, the likelihood that no one has ever they seen. They were so butthurt. Oh my God. How dare he? Um, and it's so funny because it's like, he's been misleading us and he's trying to get us to buy his profiles. And maybe he's actually using the loud is more good and telling people which he's using a Kemper. Which, by mm -hmm. the way, if you have seen, you can see the Kemper in the videos. Like, if you've been watching, there's a Kemper sitting there, and it's on. He didn't hide it. I know. That's why I'm like, I'm the, I don't understand why people can't accept that he was using a Kemper for a year. I mean, it makes perfect sense for his use case. You know why I'm, I'm not pissed off, but I am pissed off? Because that whole time I'm thinking, oh, those pedals would sound like shit with my, my uh, Kemper. No. Oh my God, no! They sound great. So that's now I gotta. But that's like, now I'm, But that's I'm, one of the problems that I think. I that's that, we'll, we'll get into that in a second because because that's like a separate thing. So anyway, all these people get butt hurt, right? But then they're the Kemper, the pro Kemper guys are like, "She told you, you know," and um, they're kind of okay. wrong too. And I and I'll tell you, it, it, Jim, you can comment on this because our current Kemper owner. Yeah. Um, they're kind of wrong in the sense that, yeah, see, told you, um, but they're not acknowledging the fact that, like, number one, this is the perfect scenario to use a Kemper. Uh, yeah. Number two is that he's not relying on the built-in effects. That's okay? right. He's basically just using it for the amp modeling side of it. That's uh, right. You're not and hearing... he's profiling his amp the way he would have set it up to then put the pedal into it. Right. That's exactly right. Right. With with his preamps and stuff. And that signal path is vitally important. So Jim, if you have you played around with any of this stuff on the rig exchange for Kemper? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the freebie profiles on Kemper are very hit or miss, are they not? And yes. that's because some people don't have any fucking clue what they're doing with their amplifier. Just like the freebie, I, I gotta be honest with you. Just like the freebie um uh, profiles, well they're not called profiles, but uh, patches the, for the presets helix. For uh, you know whoever. Well, I mean, you can learn to dial your. You can learn to dial your own. It just I mean, the katana ones. Yeah. What I love is somebody who goes. I need the Stevie Ray Vaughan tone from uh, 
this section of the solo during this song, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, can you tell me anything about your rig, your capabilities as a player? You know, yeah. I'm like, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I stepped up. Yeah, no, so, so, so um, he, like I said, he's really got the perfect storm for yeah. for the Kemper. And yeah. it's it's a recording only environment. Uh, he can model his. He already has a really, really good signal path to record with, so it's yep. easy enough to just insert the the Kemper into that signal path, and mm-hmm. and get a really good profile. Um, yep. I did want to point some stuff out though. So he didn't use a quad cortex. Um, and and our 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 good buddy HW uh did the profile, so yep. he created the, all of the profiles for uh. JHS basically for Josh because they're, they're Josh's those, personal HW right HW was on our show yeah he was and a really good guy yeah he's a great guy in fact I just talked to him yep. the other day uh I was asking him some questions about train wrecks because I know he's got one so um yep. but um it, it's interesting that um the community gets so divided over this it's like the tone would debate all over again because josh is simplifying his workflow now i will say here's where here's where i have questions about this because in my experience the kemper didn't really have good headroom um you couldn't slam it with an intense amount of preamp gain without getting the front end distort so i kind of wonder so many of the pedals that that Josh looks at are dirt pedals, yeah. right? Like, what is he doing? How is he? How is he making that work? Is he running with That's a, what pa- I know. a pad? I think he is. I think he's got a pad because I know the Kemper right. has a pad built into it. Yep. But in my experience, it didn't sound great. So he's he's done something to to make it work. Maybe he's just not hitting it real hard in the front, or maybe when yeah. he's hitting it hard, they have to pull out the loud is more good. Because yep. that's how you make that work. I don't know. I, I, it just, it, it doesn't match my experience with the Kemper. But I will say this: um, he is the perfect candidate for doing this, and the perfect yep. troll for for having kept it a secret for a year. Oh God, secret! He is such a great troll. He is, he is one of the few people on the Bottomasa list of trolls that trolls so great. Um, I want to say this. First of all, bravo to uh, all the guys. Yeah, congratulations, uh, HS. JHS. You got You did it. <laughs> you made piss them all off, <laughs> pissing so many people off, and yet making people who are not like us. We, I'm not over there going, yeah, Kemper fucking rules. You know, um, Doyle rules, Kemper rules. Oh, I'm, I'm more of the, oh shit, now I got to try that. Um, so I, my Kemper is in the car from the gig last night. I gotta go get it and bring it in. But I, <laughs> my mother go, or my wife goes, uh, um, she doesn't live here. She lives in another state. So my wife and I are on the phone, and she goes, "So you're gonna bring in?" I, I was bringing in the guitars last night, and I go, "Yeah, I'm gonna bring in the guitars and put them in the house." And she goes, um, "Aren't you gonna get the stuff out of the trunk?" I said, oh, "I don't give a shit." Out the stuff in the truck. It'll sit there for sometimes it'll sit there until the next gig. It's not gonna sit there until the next gig this time, but it 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 will sit there for a while. And and what's funny is 
because I use um, I use the camper for the gigs. I'm actually a good use ca- use case for that too, and that's why I want to see what I can do with that because what he's doing is is the recording side of it. What I'm doing is live side of it. We have a sound person who controls our sound, and we have that ability to have our um, uh, um, in other words, you and I talked about this. I think you and I were talking about this, right? Um, between the last one and the, this one, where I said, um, we didn't talk about the Josh Scott side of it. What I was saying, yeah, I just bring the Kepper. And you were like, yeah, but I can't trust the sound guy. Exactly. To do what I need to do. Even with, and then I'm like, go it, ahead. It, it's not just the sound guy. So like I experienced this the other day. We played in a space that is not ideal for, for playing music. It is extremely reverberant. Um, and I brought my amp one and the bareface cab and we, I didn't even get, I didn't even get mic'd up to the PA. So I just was like being very, very careful about high ran things and I made it work. I just turned my bass down. I used the bass cut on the cab. Like there's a couple things I can do to, to sort of fix some of the problems in that sort of a situation. So it wasn't a cacophony. It sounded pretty good. Um, but, but you know, your rig. You know your gear. Right. You know <clears throat> a room, and you know how to react mm-hmm. to what happened, and can can do that. Not and, everybody can do that. Well, and you Think can. And we, I did it, and I was able to do it because I didn't have a camper. I didn't have to menu dive, and I was literally doing this between songs, tweaking, like reaching down and grabbing the bass knob and stuff. Because I that knew, is something I love about the amp <clears throat> one. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that like has kept me going back to analog gear all this time because. At the end of the day, when I'm playing and something's not right, I need to be able to reach down and fix it. And the one thing about the amp one for me, if I because I've thought about getting a sec another one, well, obviously a replacement, and getting it to have it as my backup rig, or, or eventually a primary rig. Um, I need to have could, that much money. You, you could Kemper, actually that. just you know profile it, right? But my yeah, and my point is that by taking the amp one out, I can set that over at the PA, have my pedal board in front of me, and do everything that you know I used to do. But what I'm getting at is this: um, you were you were able to dial that in. You know um, what you can do. I I am at the whim of the sound controller, right, and the person running the sound. If I don't, if they're not do, running my sound correctly, my sound will be shit. Or and, if, they, if they're trying to make your band sound like a like some other style of music, because I've run into that where like I've come into a place and they want to they want to we're a hard rock band and they want to make it sound like a blues band. And I'm going. What the hell? <laughs> you know, like, no, <laughs> like I use wrong. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, yeah, um, kind of to to uh, use what happened during the gig. Last night, um, I I clicked. I have so I have a um for my morphs. We can morph the channel, right? I have it where it just gets a little louder. That's what mm. it does. It gets louder. The boost, and right, I'm boosting it because every other way I tried to boost it, I wasn't getting anything out of it. So I I was like, all right, I'm gonna create my own boost. I'm gonna make it noticeably louder. Six dB. So uh, six to ten, depending on the channel and how much distortion. Ooh, 
That's a lot. Oh, yeah. of, that's a lot of oh, boost. A lot loud. And guess what? I hit the button during sound check. I hit the button, and it morphs, and my volume went like that much. Yeah, because there's a compressor. He was compressing the shit out of me, and I proved it. <clears throat> I said, "I see you compressing my signal," and he goes, "Yeah, I got you compressing." I go. I said, you're compressing my signal. All the work I do to get all my levels exactly Unless the same, you're going to sit there and ride and the fader. Right. You, you, <clears throat> you're not boosting. I said, there's a reason everybody says every time I go to a solo, they don't hear me. It's because you're compressing the shit out of me. And the other guy used to run a amp on stage. So he was being heard louder because he would get Because louder. the amp actually physically got louder. This is what, so this is exactly the reason why I was telling you, Jim, I, I, even if with a good sound guy, if the guy has to take a piss, you know, <laughs> your solo comes up and you're like hitting it and you're like, you can hear it in your ears, you know, but there's no reason to compress <laughs> nothing out front. Yeah. There's no reason to compress me. I'm already running compression. I'm already running every well, channel at exactly the same level. Uh, well, so, so that, that's kind of the new school way of how you run sound is you compress everything and then somebody sits there and writes the faders. But if you're not writing the faders, you shouldn't be following those trends. <laughs> right. Right. And he, right, he, you know, I, I'm not complaining. First of all, I don't pay him. It's not my, he's, they bans sound person. And secondly, I'm not, uh, I'm not in control of it, but I do want, uh, I get people who say to me, Jim, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear your solo. I didn't hear your guitar. I didn't hear this. I didn't hear that. I could hear Joe just fine. Couldn't hear you. And now I'm going to be the only guitar player. So and he's got to get he's got to get his act together or you got to go to a physical amp. Right. That's exactly what's going to have to happen. One of those two things is going to have to happen. And I'm I'm going to let Tim know, you know, our our lead uh, our leader at band leader. That's got to happen. One of those two things. And I'll talk more about it at the uh, gig report because that's that's down the road. Anyway, so what I was uh, what I was trying to do um, was trying to make it so that um, you know his job is easier. But I was always using, and that's the thing about the morph. So I want to be able to morph in some effects, do do some things. And yet I wasn't able to do that because I was using it all to, to give myself volume that didn't exist on the other end. Um, so um, anyway, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to sit down. I've got I've got a few weeks um, of off time. Uh, January is kind of dead for right. gigs. And I'm going to sit down, uh, take my pedal board, integrate the uh, the um, Kemper. And now I'm going to look like uh, I've got a flight case every time I go in there. Cause I, got, I got a lot of pedals. I'm going to take a lot of dirt pedals off. There's a lot of redundancy on my board. Um, so Yeah, dude, you only really. So for the kind of stuff, you're, buzz. yeah, for the yeah. kind of stuff you're doing, there's like three dirt pedals and maybe yep. like, you know, a modulation yeah, pedal and, a, yep. you know, a delay and a boost. You got it. It's a, so. I, I mean, honestly, so you're going to laugh when I tell you how I got through the uh, the last gig, but we'll, we'll save that when we get the gig report. Um, So the last uh, topic we have here is what's coming in 2023. And uh, yeah. I, 
I think the theme of tonight has been who cares? Um, yes. Because it doesn't matter to guitarist anyway, because no matter what no. new shit comes next year, you're either going to love it, you know, and or, be like, oh, this is another clone clone. Or you're going to yep. or you're going to be like. This is non-traditional. I, right. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it. So th- th- this is kind of a, a moot topic, but I but I do actually want to talk about some of the things that are coming in 2023. We know there's new PRS stuff coming. Um, like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just, <laughs> I was just being silly. <laughs> there's, new, there's new PRS stuff coming. There's actually six of them, folks, and I can't tell you what it is. Yeah. I could just say there's and it's um it's actually most of it is relatively exciting as far as what you're going to see. There's new PRS stuff. I think there's going to be new Kemper stuff this year. Um and this has nothing to do with me talking to HW by the way. I just it's been a year. I've been a while since they've had a product release. It's been 3 years I think since the uh Power Camp came the out. Stage. Yeah. The stage came out a few years before that, or a couple years before that. Yeah, it was a year before that. Those things all came out like right together within within like a one year time span. Um, I, it has been said that the hardware platform that the um Kemper lives on is now becoming obsolete to the point where Motorola is no longer making the chipset. Um, so I suspect we will see an ARM version of this, of the Kemper hardware. Yeah. And if that's the case, because that's what everybody else is doing now, right? Like they're getting away from Shark DSP because the yeah. ARM stuff is so good now. If you have designers in house who can build an ARM chipset for you, you can pay the license fee to ARM and you can yep. go and develop your own thing, which is exactly what Strymon did. And I have a yep. feeling you're going to see more companies doing this as time goes on um, because yep. it, it makes sense to uh, not be beholden to somebody like Shark. Who doesn't right. who doesn't do regular chip updates? Um yep. so a shark does do regular chip updates, but they're they're stifled by the fact that the industry um that w- there's only a certain amount of money in this industry. It's not like over in the PC side of things where hardware just gets money thrown at it all year long by business. Um yeah. reality is it's just musicians buying stuff. So yeah, it's a, as it's much a much smaller market. Love- yeah, as much as we love our industry, and we do love our industry, we love these things, you know. But there's not. We are a really, really, really go anywhere. I don't care where it is. McDonald's, Kroger, wherever it is you go, wherever it is you shop, wherever it is you eat, and ask ten people and random people, not people you know, and random people about guitars and they're going to look at you like you're a Yu-Gi-Oh collector. They don't know anything about it. Matter of fact, they're more likely to know about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Probably. Uh, well, that's yeah. what I was just going to say. So like pretty much everything else is a bigger market that people spend money on. So like um, right. people buying um, uh, it, pretty much anything else like furniture or whatever is a much bigger market yep. for, for, for uh, design innovation money to go into. And so if you're thinking about tech and the amount of money that costs to develop a chipset, that, that's basically what I was getting at. So I suspect we're going to get new Kemper stuff this year. Um, yep. it, it would be it would not surprise me if we hear new Helix devices this year. Um, if if it's a new Helix device, it will likely be backwards compatible with the current one. And it yep. will be it will probably be updated in parallel. 
but that it right. will have some sort of killer features and probably have some exclusive modeling in it. Correct. Um, there will be a um, at some point, just like an iPhone eight, it will die. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, granted, it's been around ten years and it hasn't yet. I mean, it, w- I think we just hit the tenth anniversary of Helix, right? Let me let me look. Yeah, you might be. This is riveting. Riveting. Riveting journalism. This is journalism at its best. We now go to our reporter in uh, Chicago, Illinois. 2015. So it's not. It's just not 10 years, but it's seven. Yeah. Which is way seven old. Years. That's that is the product life cycle for most digital stuff in our PlayStation, Xbox. Well, no, no, no. Uh, in the in the music field specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. most products after seven years that they're digital are refreshed. So think I about think, improvement. Yeah. So, um, there are some things that get offered as legacy items. So don't look. So don't go and look at, at Eventide because Eventide's still selling this time factor and the space and all that stuff. Because those are those are legacy products that they're continuing to support and develop. Um, yep. But if you look at things like the pods, right? We got a new pod roughly every six years. Um, and then all of the supporting apparatuses for that were changed over in the next yep. year or two after the new pod launches. Um, yeah. Kemper is now over 10 years old. I think yeah, it's, I think it's, uh, I think it is, because when I had it, it was like seven or eight years old. Um, uh, 2011. Yeah. Is eleven years old. Yep. Um. It, you know, Quad Cortex. You're not gonna see anything there. You might see a smaller product from them. Um. But Quad, from my understanding, that the QC still doesn't have all the features I said it would at launch. Nope. And they're still rolling out updates with, with that are like feature updates for stuff that was supposed to have at launch. Um. Might be able iPhone eleven. That was about six months ago. Was the last time I looked into it, but uh, you know, see, see, these products are the things that that I'm paying attention to the digital stuff because these are the things that are the hot items right now. Unfortunately, I, when when Friedman comes out with a new amplifier, we all get esoterically excited about it. But the Kemper, the Helix, the uh, Quad Cortex, and all these other modeling devices are just crushing those in terms of sales numbers. Yeah, the numbers. Which is something I don't think people realize, like that Fractal is probably outselling Marshall. And yeah, I would be I would probably uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. You know. What's funny, again, you get to the guitar innovation. Amps are pretty much solid state modeling amps aside. Amps are pretty much still chasing that 1950s, 1960s sound. There, there's nobody out there going, you know what? I want to sound just unless it's Dumble. Dumble's a whole other thing. Well, there, no, there um, are there are you know, there's it's a wide scene because there's still a whole like subculture of the super molten yes. metal amps and yep that kind of thing. I'm just saying the big the big no, but like the BE and the um, yeah, but know, that's the, that's like a Jason eight hundred. The BE Pink is a JC. The, the BE is a J. But actually, most Friedmans are basically JCM 800 with modifications. Yeah. 
and he wouldn't even Which lie what, about 80s that. Is, right? Yeah, they're the only one I know that it's completely different. Well, there's two of them. There's the was that late seventies, early eighties. The Dirty 80s, Shirley yeah. is different, and then the um the Small Box is different. That would be yeah. late seventies, early eighties. That's what I thought. Late because it was produced, I think, until about eighty seven. Yep. And then they, of course, yeah. the new ones are reissues, but right. I mean, that's that's the thing. We're we're chasing sounds in our head that we're we're there mic'd up um i don't remember who i was listening to that was talking about the fact it might have been the the whole um kepper thing it might have been me because i think we did an episode about two years ago where i said i don't understand why they feel so beholden to use all this digital tech right to make the same sounds from the 50s and 60s when they can right. literally make something completely new and innovative. The truth is that as long as my Kemper boots up and gives me the sounds that I dial in and I play out, I don't give a flying rat's ass if they update that software in five months, six months, two days, or 10 years. Because the truth of the matter is as long as it works, that's the dangerous part. You know that. As long well, no, as I'm, works, la- I'm just laughing because... Jim says this now. We actually had this conversation this earlier this week. If Kemper 2.0 rolls out tomorrow and it's and it's got new effects and stuff in it that fix some of the problems that it does have, Jim's gonna buy one. It, it's Probably. just it's just it's just a re, no, it's just a reality. Like yeah. that's how, how digital works. stuff works. When yeah. the new one comes out, it is appreciably better than the previous one. Nobody is looking, no one is looking at digital stuff as um anything more than a throwaway piece of technology nobody's buying fractal twos because they're vintage okay right, right. nobody's going out and going except for the rockman nobody is that's going not digital out. i know nobody that's true the rockman is not digital that is a um a, a analog uh, uh technology but anyway nobody's running out but it is a solid state at least nobody is running out and buying the Zoom 505 because they can't. I think there's there's like one or two rig rundowns where you'll see a guy go, yeah, I bought 10 of these because I'm afraid that one might go bad. One person and maybe the edge. It yeah, like, there's a couple. There's a couple of guys that have done that kind of stuff because they're very into some specific like Dan Electro pedal or something. Right. right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a thing, but it's that's not common. But, no, no. But that's been my problem with with digital stuff from the beginning is it's an obsolescence thing. And the problem is not that it becomes obsoleted because we, you know, we use these things. And Jim, you're you're playing enough $150 to $200 gigs that yours is paid for a long time ago. But like, realistically, you use these things. And then if you didn't get your money out of it, when you when you go to sell it and get the new version. You're pretty pissed off. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna get, was, you're gonna take a hit, like a really bad right. hit. If it was something that was just sitting in this room, like everything in this room, exception of one item, has paid for itself. And so I I have to say that even if I didn't use it at gigs, it, it, gigs have paid for it. I I don't think for a minute that there's a um you know uh, there's a win loss, but if I was a bedroom player and I had to like shell out all the time, I'd probably just go get 
like like I have a Fender Blues Junior, and that would be it. I'd have it sitting there and play through it every now and again. Now somebody might say, "Well, you got the tubes and blah 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 blah," but the truth about well, but again, you get to that your bedroom, but you know the spark. What's the what's going to be the life cycle of the spark? You know, five years. Um, <coughs> and it's seven. not expensive. Seven, maybe, yeah. But it's a throwaway piece of gear at two hundred dollars. Seven years. That's Which at two hundred dollars, that being throwaway makes sense. That exactly at seventeen hundred or nineteen hundred dollars, whatever the Kemper's costing right now. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. That's absolutely correct. But they will That's end up in a landfill because at some point, them. look at look what a look what an Axe FX one goes for now. Like sure. they don't they have their pennies on the dollar. Um, yeah. and they're still actually really good. Uh, for if you're into the you know what that thing does, um, because I know some people are says like oh it's really dark and it is, but it's still head and shoulders above anything else you could have bought at that time period, and to, and you can make records with it now if you really want to. Um, That's right. So, I I all this stuff aside, there is one product I actually am excited for in 2023 because I think it's actually sure. going to make an appearance, which mm-hmm. is the. Uh, the amp one or the amp x yeah uh the blue guitar amp x i am actually i look look i know it's got digital effects in it but i gotta be honest with you thomas built a little hype machine with the with the amp one and now that i own one and i've been gigging it and just loving the damn thing uh i am totally juiced up that if the amp x is good i'm probably gonna buy one because I'm kind of holding out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to have it's going to have effects and stuff in it. And he's basically going to be doing the Kemper profile thing. So yep. you get you'll get the amp. It'll have, you know, eight different amps or 12 different amps when you buy it. And then yep. you'll be able to actually go to the uh, the blue, the, the blue online store and yep. buy additional models. And when we're saying additional models, like he's literally he's got there's a there's a Jason 800 he's familiar with called the bad boy. And he's actually got this thing in his lab and he's hooked it up and he's he's cloning it right now um, yep. because he wants that to be one of the ones you can buy. And he's going right. to do more of that. So at some point, you're going to be able to buy train wrecks and you're going to be able to buy dumbbells and, you know, all the all the cool stuff. And it's not going to be a digital approximation. It's going to be a JFET based recreation, yep. um, which I'm I was never a big con- convert to the idea that jfets could replace tubes for for tone for sound but i'll be honest with you with that tube power amp design he's got yeah i think he can do it i actually think he can um so i'm the only thing that i want to see is what the digital effects section is going to sound like because if it sounds like ass it's just not going to make sense um but But i don't think i don't think it's going to sound like ass i don't think he's he's capable of doing that um, and uh, to to round this out, I I the beauty of the amp one, or the what's the other one, the uh, iridium, um, the blue iridium. Yeah, the uh, amp one iridium edition. Yep. There's iridium and mercury. Mercury, yeah, that's it. Iridium and mercury. All of those are things you can buy today, and as long as the circuit works in ten years, yeah, doesn't make a difference. No well, software. 
Well, even I would say because they are they are Chinese manufactured, they're not the most reliable things on earth. If yeah. you're gonna rely on one of these things, buy a couple of them. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. Because because they're not rely they're not the most reliable in that they use a lot of relays and stuff inside. And and when um, you get it, the truth of the matter is, you're gonna go: Is this a plastic toy or is this an amplifier? I mean, that's... no, I, I, I'm pretty confident mine is going to hold up from like abuse. It's the, the stuff on the board that gets stuck over time because it gets corroded and whatever. Um, that's, that's concerning well, to me. When you get it, if, if, if you're a person that's never used one, it's very light, very, it has a plastic light, back on it, has a plastic back. You're like, is this really, but it, like you said, and, and I had, I had mine, I kicked it. I mean, it was it was really good. And well, it sounded good, you know? they did a video where they took amp ones out of the box and, and played soccer with them yeah, and kicked them all over the soccer field and then plugged them in and played through them at the end. Yeah. Uh, and we're what? talking like drop kicking them, you know, halfway down the field and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, these things can take a beating. I don't, as I said, the tube that's inside them is fine, but I was more yep. concerned about like electrical problems and relay issues and things like that. Yeah. Mine has been solid, but apparently there yeah. was a bad run of iridiums when they first came out that like they just yeah. puff of smoke uh, kind of stuff. And um, I do I do have my concerns about that. But I, like I said, if I if this if it ends up the amp X sucks, yep. I'll buy another amp one. The warranty is good. Like, that's the other thing is the warranty is great on these. So because yep. uh, it's a small company and Thomas is reachable. So, right. That's why I'm like, I don't really, I mean, I've had some people say like the United States distribution people are kind of jerks, but it's like, just go to Thomas. Why would you even be talking to them? Right. Cause, it, cause they'll make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah. I suspect he's going to be looking for newer distribution. Um, I have not heard anything concrete, but uh, I know that other companies have been looking at Sweetwater as the sole distributor for a lot of their products here in the United States. And it would not shock me if he doesn't come out with a deal with either Sweetwater or Guitar Center to distribute amp amp one only, like they're the yeah. only people that can do it. Because he's he's had some distribution trouble here, for sure. I can um, see that. But listen, I'm excited about it because I'm just like this is one of the few things where it actually could appreciably make my life easier. Um, yeah. I'm not. It's like, I'm not like head over heels gonna do this whatever anything like that the dgt i'd like to play it yep. i don't i'm not really i don't think i'm gonna buy one to be completely honest with you i don't have any yeah. desire to own that guitar but i'd like to play one because i want to see what all the hoopla is about um yep. i would say be more likely to buy silver sky se before i would buy a dgt and i don't have any intentions of buying a silver sky se so what um not unless you sell me yours but uh, if you sell me yours, we're going to have to talk turkey on it because uh, yeah. I am not paying seven or eight hundred dollars. You probably better no. sell it on your own. <laughs> um, so that said, um, let's let's do the gear report. Let's switch gears yep. here. All right. So nothing exciting coming in 2023. Just to remind everybody. Okay. Everybody, that's it. No. <laughs> Who gig gives report. a shit? Gig that report. was our big thing. Who gives a shit? Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. So. Uh, I can't talk a lot about my gig I because the things that are notable were are probably not things I should be sharing. So I played a gig with Old Stumpy as a hired gun. 
Um, I am. Uh, they know that the official word for me now is if if have pay, we'll play. OK, um, so we played a place we've played several times before and it was an OK gig. Uh, I, I shared some of the stuff about it earlier, which is I ran the amp one. I took my white my white strat with Fishman's uh, yep. had had the uh, the God tone because uh, it because it sounds like the voice of God and choir of angels and all that stuff. Um, yep. And it was just it was interesting. Like so that stage arrangement, because we had seven people this time. So usually it's just the four of us or five of us, right? But Mike and uh, Olivia Tash both showed up. And so Mike was playing keys and he provided the PA and was running sound. And then Olivia was was uh, doing vocals, uh, backup vocals, side vocals. Actually, she's carrying the show. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I think she's really good at doing singing. a great job. Yeah, She's really good at singing and um, she does a lot of, of folk music. And so she kind of like rounds the band a little bit because um, we can get off into like this kind of almost punky territory um, yep. with the way that the way that we do some of the songs. So, um, I don't know. It was a fun. It was a fun gig. I I, yeah. I got to admit, like uh, I didn't come. In, I didn't do any rehearsal for it. They asked me yeah. to play "Auld Lang Syne" like two days before the show, right? And they're like, yeah. do, you, "Do you know it?" And I'm like, "I'll know it by the time we get there." And um, you can play it right off the top of your head. Yeah. Can you play Jim? Jim, Jim I literally picked up my guitar <laughs> and I went, na, 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 and then I played it. And I just like, all right, let's go. And so we got out live and. Uh, I was like, how many choruses are we doing, Kyle? And he says, he's, I don't know, just go for it. So <laughs> I did it like I did it all like stylized and, you know, with with guitar phrasing and uh, like screaming lead tone kind of thing. And it was so funny because like I think he, he it went over better with him than, than he had even thought it was going to come out like because it's just a dude, that's the kind of stuff. Give me something simple like that that I know the tune of. It's easy. And then I'll just I'll just rip it apart. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we played that, that we played, um, just notable songs for the night. We played, um, Watchtower. That's how we closed the set. Um, I love that. Song. We played Watchtower. Well, so we're going to, so we're going to go through like, there's that one we played. Don't you forget about me, which we always do that one, which we do it in sort of a, a country folk style, but it's big. There's lots of distortion in that song. Like we hit the big chords and stuff. Um, it is not a new wave tune from us for sure. Um, Do you know who that was written for originally? No. Billy Idol. And really? he passed on it. Yep. He the, he was supposed to be the one. It was still supposed to be for the movie. Actually, it makes sense for him to pass on that song, though. But he passed. You know what's funny? Because, I mean, a lot of people went up to Billy, hey, congratulations on your new song. He's like, I didn't put it on Because they made it sound very much like Billy Idol. And he made a he after it got big he was like oh shit so he went out and he did a cover of it because a lot of people search for billy idol yeah forget a movie and he did a cover which is done well and if you listen to the cover it pretty much sounds like the original it just sounds like the original with billy idol singing yeah that's that's, that's that is funny well he yeah. did a whole cover album because he did like he did like some doors covers and yep. uh it's pretty it's a pretty good record too um yep. but yeah so we played that, and then of course uh, we did Soul Shine. They always want me to play. Oh, Soul. They will yeah, always want me to play Soul Shine. Um, but it's weird because we were playing, and and like we don't always have a keyboard player, 
But when we do, I, I can never hear him. And so I'm just stepping all over him all night long. And I'm like, turn around, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I stole your soul. I'm sorry. Um, Cause like when we play the songs that I'm featured on, like soul shine and watchtower and stuff, dude, I'm not worried about what the hell he's doing. Like, you know, that's you guys hired me to come in and do what I normally do. You know what I used to do in this band. So like, just let me do what I used to do. Yep. Um, so I, it's fine. There was no bad blood. Mike's no. a great sport. He and I go way back. Uh, he was in my first ever band many, 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 oh. many years ago. So like Mike and I have a 20 year history of like kind of elbowing each other. And um, he didn't he didn't mind that you stepped on him. A bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were just kind of laughing about it and stuff. But um because I told him, I was like, I'm having trouble hearing you because they don't they never have adequate monitoring with this band. So it was like, I'm listening to, to Mike's personal monitor, which is on the floor next to him. And he's directly behind me. So I'm like yep. getting a little bit of keys. But he, I think he realized about halfway through the night when he put the organ patch on, I could hear it. And I would get out of the way when I heard the organ patch because <laughs> I knew that they was gonna, he was going to be playing solo, you know. So he started using the organ patch. I was like, all right, we're good now. Cause, cause that yeah, piano shit, that piano shit, I can't hear very well because it's not yeah. loud enough. And then he was the one that all night long, we got it, we got to turn down. We got to turn down. We got to turn down. And I'm like, why? Why? I, I, I just don't get it. Nobody asked us to turn down. Yep. Like he's like, well, you know, I like it when the people in the audience can hear, can hear each other uh, when they're talking. I'm like, they can't. If you've got a band playing here, they can't. They have to get close to each other and they have to talk in each other's ears. There's no fucking way you're going to have a band unless you have two acoustic guitars and a singer on stage. And that's yeah. it. That you're ever going to have a volume level where people can like hear the, hear each other at the same table. Especially yeah. in this venue where you literally have so much volume coming from people sitting at the table next to you when there is no band. That it's like, come on, guys. Um, so I did, I would, I would say we need to turn down. So I'd reach down and I'd make it look like, like I hit my master. And then I would <laughs> stand back up and not do anything because I'm like, dude, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to neuter us. Like, that's not what's going to happen here. So, um, and I have another friend who plays in some local bands who's, you know, constantly dealing with people telling him you're too loud. You're too loud. I can tell you, I've seen this band a number of times. I've seen his band. I've seen him at, you know, open mics and stuff. And I could tell you that's bullshit. Like, no offense, but anybody who says that is they're, they're trying to justify something that just isn't a reality. OK, so like, oh, the bar, the bar, the people that are running the bar need to be able to hear people that take drinks. That's never been an issue. It wasn't an issue in the 70s. It's not an issue now. So when somebody's behind me and they're saying, Hey, we need to, we need to quiet down. We need to quiet down. Like, I'm like, fuck that. You know, like, come on, you hired a band. Did you want a band or did you want a, or did you want a jukebox? Um, are you looking for background music or are you looking for a band? Cause there's a difference. Um, so, uh, that was fun, but the watchtower thing, this is the reason I want to, want to say that for the end. So we, we played our set ending song, two songs to the end. No, the one we normally play. And uh, we had done Watchtower in rehearsal and they knew I was just going to go off because they saw me, but they'd never seen me play it. 
And right. they saw me play it in rehearsal and they were like, oh, my God, why have we never done this? And I was like, because you never asked. No one has ever asked me what tunes right. I'm good at. Like, and I have a lot of overlap with some of the crap that you're already playing. If you just learn like two of them, we, yeah. we could have had a much better situation getting through some of these gigs. Cause it, cause I, you know, it's like you scorch the earth and then you get like two songs where you can play like shit. And nobody cares. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I say that that's, that's absolutely, absolutely not the way you want to go into a gig and, and think about it, but, but it's a reality, right? Like we've all choked after a song where we played really good and no one cared because they know that you can, you can play properly. Yep. Um, so I bit my tongue. Um, so, uh, we we play Watchtower, right? End of the night, we played two and a half hours at this point. I'm fucking tired. I want to go home. Yeah. Uh, I was up late night the night before, um, and freaking, I just I just went for it. <laughs> it was just like to hell with this, <laughs> like, uh, and and it was like it was really good. And at the end of the thing, um, I was laughing because Kyle missed a couple of my cues. And I told him, I said, next time, let me sing it. And he's like, he's like, I probably should. He's like, then I don't have to sing a song like I I could rest. And I'm like, yeah, you should. And I said, if we if we do this again, I said, let me sing it next time. He's like, OK. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you got a gig report or because I know your your season has been kind of weird. Yeah, so um, we had a New Year's gig, New Year's Eve, actually. Uh, and for those who don't, um, we're recording this on New Year's Day, toward the end of the day for me. Uh, it's 11.18 p.m. Um, uh, so anyway, the um, the other guitar player is leaving the band. Um, I will be the only guitar player, uh, except our lead singer will play rhythm sometimes. Uh, but I need a rhythm player and mm -hmm. we're going to be keys, uh, drums, um, and such. And so I got to step up, uh, do more. Um, and, uh, so anyway, that's, that's a thing you, coming. You got a lot um, of work to do. Cause you got a lot of, uh, a lot of solos to, to fill in. Well, and... So yeah, we got to change some of the set list because, Number one, even if I wanted to do the Skinnerd stuff, and even if I had the uh, the tactical knowledge to do it, um, because I'm a I'm a rocker, and let's face it, that's that's more um, uh, of a you know the Southern rock thing, and I'm more of a um, pop rock guy. And we had that discussion because I said, you know, I'm not as good at. Because I said to him, I said, man, you can't leave me. I'm not as good with that stuff. He goes, Jim, you're great with the stuff you do. He said, and this is the stuff I grew up on. So that's why, you know, we're we're two different style players, two different styles of music. Um, I was wondering how the hell your couch kept or your chair, your recliner keeps doing this, and it's a cat jumping yeah, up on it. And, he's, up and, and it bounces the chair. I thought. Who's standing behind the chairs? The chair He's clearly yeah. hungry. Yeah. And my kids are supposed to feed him, but it's 10 o'clock yeah. and 
I haven't seen them. either of them, so <laughs> I saw the one daughter with the cat. Or, oh, oh they, they were eating uh, dinner at nine no, o'clock. They were eating their own dinner. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, I um, was I said, oh, so that's going to change. But as far as the gig went, our lead singer bought two new sets of lights. So as it is, okay, we are we are the biggest small band you've ever seen. If you ever come out and see us, people in the area, or if you check out my YouTube channel and look at, at the stuff that, that we've done live, we are hilariously like Kiss. We're we're over the top uh, for all the smallest venues that you would ever see. We've got array speakers. Okay, yeah. we've got subs that are big enough that you can use them as desks. Okay, and we were using four um, we only used two of our arrays, four subs. I'm still trying to figure out why we needed so much subs. Um, and then uh, we had um, we have we have light trusses going up like so high that we have to have ladders and get on the ladders to put the stuff up on the trusses. I so, mean, somebody's dreaming big over there. Oh, we we have a but we have a vision. Okay, it's not like we're sitting. We're like Kiss. I mean, we're like. We're going to get big. We're going to make it. We're going to make the small as big as it is so that people hire us for the bigger, bigger stuff. And so we're doing a thing for uh, matter of fact, we're going to we're going to do a thing for a bunch of wedding people to, so that they can sell us as a wedding band. Anyway, so so and I said to them, I said, yeah, well, if we're going to do wedding band, remember, you're going to do some songs you fucking hate. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, many songs there. you hate I've been there <laughs> many. and I've done it and when the bride wants something the bride gets something okay so anyway especially southern bells and we're in the south um, so anyway so we have this this whole right truss so the guys are up on the light trusses um, you know like like King Kong going up the Empire yeah. State Building um, and they're hooking up all the lights and it's incredible but it's like flashing all over the place and they're blinding people. I'm like, but back behind us and not, a, not towards the people. And, um, and so he bought these lights. And I said, I just offhandedly, so how much did that new light? And all it is is each one has four lights that are like in a row, but they do this. Yeah. Right. Now we have several lights. That's not the only ones we have. But there's just four lights, and they and they and they they um they can only go up and down, but the whole thing can motorize, do all over the place. Right. So it's got a full um uh semi uh I wouldn't call it a semi circle, but I guess a semi uh orb uh, of stuff it can cover. And because we're pointing them at each other, now you got a full orb of things that you can cover. And uh, I go, so how much did those run? They're all 900 piece. I'm yeah, like, I just going to say, yeah. Holy shit. And so, um, so he gets them all set up and, and aiming the right way. And he had to put the, you know, the little remote thing. We found out the remote is also the remote for the other light system. It's the same remote. So what he was doing to them was undoing stuff. <laughs> so he had to kind of like. Yeah, he just changed the channel on them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, long story short, it was a lot of fun, um, and we had a blast. 
Uh, I was really sad to see Joe leave the band. Um, we had a couple of miscues. I had one early in the night. I went to a chorus one whole section too early. Uh, we were in a verse, and I cut the verse short. Boom. And, and in a type of thing that I'm usually good at, um, cut it short right away. But the singer stepped on all the solos that he needed to step on to make it worth my while. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, there was... Matter of fact, every solo I went to do, with the exception of, like, one, I think, or two, he stepped on them, every, every single one. So... Um, but I did a good job when I, when I did get to finish my solos, I did a good job. And then there was one I didn't know I was supposed to do a solo on. So I came in halfway through, but I started at the beginning of my solo and nobody queued up the fact, just stay. That's, that's the one thing. Listen and follow. Nope. They went to the end of the thing. And, and then, so I was in the wrong place. And so that, that didn't work. Folsom Prison Blues. I was doing a solo over Folsom right. Prison Blues. So oh, I started I fucked, it like it was at the top of the E. I fucked that and one then, up the other day. <laughs> yeah. I was totally ham-fisted the ending. And I, I, I left it out. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm a, I, I, nope. I don't know where you guys are going now. So I'll just let this go out. You're in the B. I'm still playing over E. We're, we're all done. Um, so anyway, I, we, we did that. Um, and then I was supposed to do a solo over another song, but he goes, Joe, take the solo. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Okay. I, I guess I'm not doing that one either. Um, and then Breakdown, I was supposed to do the solo of that. I got that one. So, But I said to Joe, I said, you know what? It's your last gig. I don't care. I, You know, with us for now. And we're hoping he comes back. So, um, you know, that's that's our thing is we're hoping the baby, once the baby's born, he gets, you know. Settled in. And, and... Yeah. And they, and they get their life balance back. Because it, I mean, anybody who hasn't had a child. Your life goes like this. It just goes upside down for a while, and then it slowly starts to come back, and you find your footing. Yeah, it took but me for a about while, 10 years. Yeah, it, it takes a while. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes two. My kids, my sons um, were, uh, I know I'll tell you my old anxiety would be out. So my sons were a year and a half old. I was in a band, Second Nature, and I'd say to Kyle sometimes, I'll say to, to my son that lives here now, I go, do you remember, you know, so-and-so, he goes, Dad, I was two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right, because he was born in 2000, so everything, you know. Right. And so um, I, I, I asked him today, I said, do you remember Al? And he goes, oh, yeah, because my friend Al that passed away. Um, I go, do you remember Al? And he goes, yeah. Because I, I was telling a story about one of his solo things that he used to play. I, I'd, He used to play this solo. He, he had two solos. He would bring two special guitars for these solos. And one solo was on a seven string because he didn't want to play a baritone. Because baritone was out here. Right. He didn't like playing the baritone. He didn't feel comfortable. So he would play on a seven string. Use the seven string like a baritone. But still tuned B. Then um, on the um, other one, he had a short scale guitar that he had tuned to G and he would play this thing in G on that because it was, it, it, you know, and every time he would do it, he'd go, uh, um, Chuck would say, hey, hey, Al, it was always a joke. And it would always get a laugh, even though we had fans that would follow us everywhere. They still laughed at it. It was a, 
hey, hey, Al, do you want to play a little guitar? And he'd go, yeah. And then he'd pull out the, the little guitar and he'd play it. And he was this really tall guy with this little guitar. And he just looked hilariously funny because it was like a, a mandolin on me. And uh, so that was. Uh, um, did he play? Did he play, old, did he play little guitars, perhaps? Yeah, that was that was what. Uh, no, was that's funny. a Van Halen song. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> they took the joke from the Van Halen thing where they played what was a yeah. Beatles song, whatever. Yeah, and and little guitars. A little yeah, that's the name of the song. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he played uh, a little strat that he would he had. It was like um, you know one of those kid sized straps, and it was a bitch to keep in tune. He'd always have to make sure it was in tune. That was part of the reason we joked around was to give him time to get it tuned up for the one song. Because it will always be out of tune, then never be in tune. Then, um, so last night we did uh, um, the, the same thing, Oleg Zine. And it's funny because it's just the major scale. Um, you extend it a little bit, you go outside of it, like barely. Like I think you, went, you take a 13 and you're back. And um, I remember uh, they, they said, Can you play Oleg Zine? I'm like, I think so. <laughs> I can, I can hold it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's one that uh, if you want to train your ears, there's a there's an easy one you could work on to, to do. That. Yeah, just don't try to um, figure the chords out. Yeah, you know, we ended eleven fifty five. Everybody got their champagne. They were all like Zine dropped the ball. Happy New Year, everybody! Hit their champagne. I had to sip my champagne. And you were at bed by one o'clock. And I was in bed by one thirty. Yeah, it was because we and then we tore down the stage, and it was the same thing going backwards. I said to him, I said, you know, I I know everything is labeled well for you, but I don't know what is in those boxes. I don't get it because when you write a certain thing on there, it's it's an indication to you what's in it, but you need to put on there, you know, these are XLRs for this. These are because. The XLRs you use. Those aren't XLRs for lights. Are not XLRs, yeah. <laughs> those are, they have a, a special impedance. Yeah, Nick, Nick actually posted about that in the Discord just recently that uh, really? he was talking about the controller software. So it's funny because if you don't use a controller with them, you could use XLRs. Because we actually had to do yep. that the other night. My, Mike yep. brought up his lights and the, and the cable that his Sweetwater rep sold him was like a 25-footer. And he was like, why in the hell did they ever sell me a 25 foot cable? You need like eight feet to go from the top of the pole down to the floor. <laughs> yep. So, and then you need the rest. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's never, we, never we long enough. Yeah. Never long and enough. When we do outdoor gigs, I think, I think uh, Tim had to buy like these super long cables for those. Cause they go way out. We're, we're, you know, 25, 30 feet. As the crow, if they just ran them straight, yeah. Now they got to go down along the ground and go up a pole. And our poles, like I said, they're they're um, 10, 12 feet in the air. Mm -hmm. um, it's hilarious because we'll play gigs where we can't get both poles because the the ceiling isn't high enough. That's how high our lights go. Um, we are we are definitely the kiss of uh, well of uh, local cover bands. So so for those of you who are listening, if um. If you're wondering why we're why lighting is something that you don't see in most of your bar bands, any lighting, 
because yeah. just just basic lighting, like if you've ever looked at what it costs, it's crazy. I mean, for for like a um like a quad, so like four lights on a pole, right? Yep. DJ lights, six hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's just nuts. And the funny and thing those is, those aren't the real expensive ones. No, those are cheapos. Um, if you're gonna go buy, so like this is what boggles my mind, Jim. I can get on the Amazon right now and I can buy spotlights for your house. Yep. Indoor, outdoor LED spotlights. Really yep. super fucking bright. And you can buy them for like $20 a piece. Yet, yep. If you want ones that mount on a lighting truss. Yep. Now they're $500. Yeah. It, they're not really $500. That's my point. It's, no. just the, same, it's the same fucking LED. That's yep. what's crazy. Yet. Yep. You got to pay if it's professional. Specialized application. Well, I've been considering just buying a bunch of those uh, those outdoor exterior lights, daisy yep. chaining them, and putting them on like a board, and then just put yep. them on the floor, and yeah. aim them up at it because it's way cheaper. Um, and then you can have a remote that controls everything, and like yep. you don't have the fancy controller software, but um, nope. then again, I don't have anybody to run it, so right. you know. Um, anyway. All right, All right. Well, I think we're wrapping up. Uh, yep. I've been David. I've been Jim. And tonight we've been Practical Guitarists. Yes, we have.